When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Manchester Football Social. Thank you very much for taking the time to download it. Today, really, in many ways, is all about Alex. He's very excited because he's done something for the first time. You'll hear about that as we go through the show and find out exactly what happened to him when he went to, went to watch United against West Ham. And it was a lot more exciting than the game by all accounts. A lot to talk about as well. Obviously, European involvement for both City and United with big involvement, uh, particularly Spurs coming up again. A defining week for City in many ways. We'll try and get to the bottom of all that and figure out what's going to happen and if City could go on to win what we're now calling the sextuple because we're adding in uh, the Women's FA Cup to that as well. Anyway, enjoy the show. Manchester Football Social. So hello and welcome to another edition of the Manchester Football Social. The voice of the fans, which is exactly what we are. Alex Boardman, who do you support? Manchester United, I would have never guessed. I'm a Man City fan. My name's Ant McGinley, and you are very welcome to join us here this afternoon. Uh, As always, 0345 if you want to get in and give us a call, or Alex's favourite way of getting in touch. Yeah, text us, 87711. That is the best way, I think. Yeah, at MCR Footy Social. And remember as well, like, if you're just catching this and you're out and about, uh, this is also a podcast. Uh, so you'll know that if you've listened to it by searching for Manchester Football Social. Yes, and there's also a United version and a City version, so you don't have to yep. listen to the one you don't like. Yeah, very easy. Manchester United Football Social or Manchester City Football Social. But let's look at now because it's been a very busy week. What's been happening today, though? Well, today, Liverpool are currently beating Chelsea. There's 20 minutes left. Liverpool are currently 2-0 up against Chelsea, which puts Liverpool on top. They will have played one more game than City. City played earlier today. They beat Crystal Palace, which a lot of people were predicting as a bit of a banana skin. Didn't turn out to be. City seemed quite comfortable 3-1 winners. I've not seen that one. Possibly the pass of the season as well from De Bruyne. Really? Yeah, just in terms of weight. Well, there was no passes of the season at Old Trafford (laughs) yesterday. I heard this. Oh, wow. At United, limped. You could, any adjective that just means like did not do very well. What does it? What does it? What is it? A slug does. Uh, <laughs> just crawled. So we crawled, I slimed. Thought, yeah, I thought you had to have like some kind of limb to 
Well, anyway, whatever. We beat West Ham 2-1 somehow. Right. It was it. It was not vintage, let's put it like that. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. And if, as I say, if you want to get involved, uh, the conversation's open to you as well. 03451-7625. And then what we'll do is we'll talk about a lot of busyness in terms of Europe. Obviously, we had uh, Barcelona and Spurs, respectively, this week. Mm-hmm. Second leg's coming up in a couple of days. Uh, similar results for both of us. Uh, and a lot to take on. Exactly the same result. Got beat yeah. 1-0 in both games. Uh, can we pull it back? That is the question. And, uh, yeah. So, let's talk first of all. Do you want to talk United or City? Um, do you want to do City first? Because I, I haven't seen the City game. I walked in and saw the last two minutes. So, I saw. I walked in and just saw a goal. Which really, I walked in like that. Oh, City, this is the banana skin one. Oh. <laughs> well, actually, if you come in a few minutes earlier, that's when it got interesting because we were 2-0 up and then about 10 minutes from the end, uh, they scored a great free kick. I, to be honest, having watched it back at the replay, it, I don't think it was that great. I think it was that thing where Bernardo seems to have opened up a big crack in the wall right, and moved okay. away. And then Edison's positioning... And obviously, you know, like my football career does not compare, uh, but he seemed to be more in the middle of the goal rather than step to the side where the gap was. And so those all contributed. Great, went in the bottom corner. So yeah. you've you got to give credit to it. Well, goalkeepers, <clears throat> I think, get a lot of unnecessary stick now for not saving, you know, on the positioning and things like that. Because well, the ball moves so much. And I think as well, the game has changed a lot in terms of what goalkeepers are expected to do. Because mm. I've heard a lot this week, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about United in a minute, about how bad De Gea's distribution was against West Ham. It was, yeah, it was noticeably poor. And it was the thing he was absolutely best at. He was best in the league for three or four years at that. And it just seems... But, to- then, but then the thing was, like, three years ago, nobody cared. All they cared about was your ability to make a save. Yeah. Right, and and if you had a big kick or a big throw or some quirk or you were really tall, that was the important things, being a goalkeeper. Anyway, so uh, that that made it quite interesting, quite scary for the last couple of minutes because obviously we really couldn't afford to just come away with a point. We need to keep the pressure on. And uh, then uh, Jesus scored, and I'll be fair, he was offside marginally, but he was when they showed it back in the replay. Jesus was offside, broke through at the end. I finished the game off 3-1. It should have been 2-1, really. Right. So who, Sterling got the other two. Yes. Seems to Which means so. Sterling, I think, has got, is it 10 or 11 goals in his last nine games? Wow. I think That's he's for broken City 20. And, I've and, seen that. Uh, yeah. So he... He's now got 21 goals for City this season. Right. And I think it's 27 um, for, for the season combined. So for right. England. So 20 league City. ones and 20, yeah. or 20, 21 league 21, ones. 20, 21 league goals, 27 in all competitions. That's impressive. Pogba's got 16 in, in all. How many, of those, how many of those are penalties? A lot. Yeah. Um, for six, I think. Because he changed his penalty technique, didn't he? he this did. is what I heard. He did. Um, so I was at the game yesterday and. United were awarded a penalty, and it was it's not fair to say it was against the run of play, but by then West Ham had already scored a perfectly valid goal that had been chalked off for offside. Um, the linesman yesterday had an absolute nightmare, um, but it was one of, it was always in United's benefit, so I was really happy with the linesman being bad. Um, but when Pogba got the penalty, it's, like, it's a strange thing happens now at Old Trafford. A cheer goes up because you're like, yes, penalty. That's pretty much a guaranteed goal, you'd think. And then as Pogba stepped up to take it, the entire stadium just went, oh, no, he's going to do that ridiculous run-up. Um, noticeably, he only took three large steps backwards. So a bit more like, um, 
you know when a rugby kicker does it? Oh, like you know, Jonathan Wilkinson used yeah, to do. They do those exaggerated steps back. Um, so we're like, oh, that's a bit different. We've not seen that before. And then he waited and he waited and he, the ref boys whistle. And it was almost to the point where it felt like time wasting, you know, with a goalie when they sometimes get booked. And I remember thinking, will this be the first time a player's ever been booked for not taking a penalty? Anyway, he stepped up and smashed it. Um, to score, to give us the lead against the runner play, but more interestingly, more importantly, rather, the last 10 minutes when uh, West Ham had... Uh, could have scored, but for a wonder save from De Gea, could have scored again. Um, Antonio hit the bar. Uh, I heard that was a cracking shot. As oh, it was a great! It was a really good move, and it just looked it got a goal written all over it. And by then, West Ham were definitely, definitely on top, and United just looked really vulnerable at the back and really clueless up front. And poor in midfield. That would be the best way to describe him. And even the goalie wasn't playing well until he pulled out that save. Uh, so with 10 minutes left, he got a penalty. United got a penalty. Definitely, definitely was a penalty. Um, and again, the same thing. Pogba stepped up and you're thinking, he's just taken one. Is he going to revert back to the ridiculous run-up? But again, he just uh, he was an even better on the second one. And he absolutely belted that home. But... As with all Old Trafford leads, at no point, 10 minutes left, was everyone in the stadium thinking, oh, they will just ride this out now. I remember just the, the atmosphere was like, oh, well, it's inevitable. It's going to finish 2-2. So the, the worrying thing about this, just because I didn't see the game, I just heard some of the conversations and interviews afterwards as well. And even in the interview, Solskjaer was saying, oh, well, you know, we, we, we didn't play well, but we got the result. Yeah. And... There was that thing just a couple of weeks ago with Louis van Gaal was saying that basically uh, Ole's just Mourinho and sheep's clothing, basically. is that He's, he's well, doing the same kind of thing. He did, United played a really interesting set yesterday. Pogba was playing alongside Fred. So behind the back four, and then there were two in front of that. And then because Matt was playing, they had a sort of front... I sort of not front like you know like a number ten role. Mm-hmm. Matter was in that, and then there were two sort of forwards, but they were but they were playing quite far back, and Lukaku was on his own up front, and it was one of those games where you were like, I don't really see us. Wingard was barely in the game, um, and he was too far away from the ball. Lukaku was just so far away from Pogba. Whenever Pogba got the ball. Pogba kept looking up and going, I've got no one to pass to. And it's been the story of the season. Was there an element of um, thinking about the new camp? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because that, that's, so. that's definitely been levelled at City with everything that we've been doing, particularly the first game we had against Spurs. So you think that, who do you think he was saving? Why do you think he played that particular system? Well, I think he played the system because he was saving Aswee Young. Because right. he, he's had a bit of a nightmare the last two or three weeks. Um, without doubt, it looks like his legs have caught up on him. However, defensively, he is better than Dowell. Dowell's excellent going forward, but he was a bit of a liability once or twice yesterday. But you're in a really... Defensively. You're in a really interesting... Interesting is maybe not the word, but the, your situation is is that you want Champions League football for next season. Yeah. And you're in still in t- competing for two competitions, at both of which provide Champions League football. Champions League, yeah, if yeah. you win it, and obviously the Premier League if you finish in the top four. Well, it was similar to when we were in the Europa about three seasons ago and you thinking we've got more chance of winning this uh, to progress and get the automatic Champions League place. So saving Ashley Young as right back. Lindelof, clearly. 
because he's the only centre-half we've got who can actually control it <laughs> and pass forward. Yeah. Um, although Smalling did a good ball again yesterday, but he's still not. I, I'm not ball. entirely sure that Smalling's way of handling Lionel Messi is the correct method that was the rules of the game. And he was very good, actually, Smalling. So Smalling will definitely play. Uh, and Luke Shaw at left-back, definitely saving them. And then the biggest... I suppose Rashford up front as well. Rashford seems never to quite have recovered from that injury. From the first 10 games Solskjaer, under Solskjaer, Rashford was incredible and he looks tired now. But the one that it appears that he's really saving, who was the best player of, of all against Barcelona, was Scott McTominay, who, um, who naturally you would have thought would have played yesterday and you would possibly have rested Pogba, but almost in the central midfield pecking order, being rested for the big away game at the new Camp is Scott McTominay, who everybody was slating at the beginning of the season after Mourinho played him at centre-half and he made an error. I wonder how a West Ham fan would feel. Would they feel that it's disrespectful you saying we're going to rest our players against you with an eye ahead to playing this little Spanish team called Barcelona? Let's find out and ask a chap you might have seen on Twitter. It's ex-West Ham employee. Good evening. Hi mate, how are you? Yeah, very well. Now, the, the, now I, I missed the game. Alex has just been following me in, but everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, all, everything that I've heard about the game is that it should have been West Ham's for the taking. Yeah, I mean, I was absolutely gutted. Coming home, I mean, I was proud of how we played, but to come home with nothing from that game, I think is one of the best away performances we've put in in a long, long while where we actually haven't got anything to show for it. Um, I think looking as far back as the 2006 FA Cup final against Liverpool, I actually can't remember us playing that well away from home and then just having nothing to show for it. And of course, I think the referee influenced things a little bit as well. Oh, he def- I think the referee definitely... Um... It worked out in, our, in United's favour, so I can't, Are we I can't talking complain. just about the penalties or in other no, places? No, no, West Ham scored a perfectly good goal. Yeah, perfectly good goal for West Ham. It'll be really interesting when VAR comes in next season because as a as a fan of the club of kind of West Ham stature, you always feel when we go and play, you know, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, whoever, all the big teams, we kind of, you feel that the decisions always go against you. And yesterday, Anderson scored. He wasn't offside. The first penalty, there was minimal contact. Um, and you think if that, if that had gone both in our favour, we'd have been 1-0 up. Um, and, and it's just frustrating. And it mm-hmm. seems to happen every time you play a big team. So, be really interesting to see what actually happens well, next year when they're going to use VAR. Yeah, well, I have to admit, because I was very frustrated as well, because I, I put Anderson in my fantasy team just before Christmas, hmm. and I don't think, yeah. I think that's the first time he scored this no, year, he, isn't he? he scored, he scored, right. he did score in the game. He's been yes, good, yeah, Anderson, he been, Anderson, but he, he could have had two, he could have had yeah, two, though, yeah. He? yeah so. he could. What about um, Antonio when he came on? He, has he been injured or something, or is he just out of form? Because he looked fantastic for the last sort of 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, he has been injured. He was playing more right wing for us um, earlier on and then he got um, an injury, missed a couple of games and I think he's working his way back into the team. And I thought, he, like you say, I thought he played really, really well. I mean, the problem we've got, I mean, with Hernandez and out of it's massively, like, doing whatever he's doing nowadays, um, Antonio, we haven't got that out and out striker. Carroll's always injured. You know, so despite having, I think we had 57% of possession and loads of corners as well, we just don't have that person in the box that was going to put your chances away but like you say in fairness to Antonio I thought he actually did quite well when he came up yeah yeah he did and Declan Rice again I remember we've we've had you on the show a few a good few weeks ago and you were yeah. raving about Declan Rice and um, mm. I watched him live for the first time yesterday and I don't think he did 
I don't think he made a mistake. He just didn't. He no. seems very composed. How old is he? And he's twenty. I mean, his birthday's wow. in January, so he's only just done twenty. What you got? Is that on his Irish birth certificate or his English one? <laughs> Both, but like, he, he basically, um, you know, you think he was played directly against Pogba. I can't remember how much he paid for him, or what, 100 million or whatever it was. Um, and you think this is a guy that's coming up and matching him. Um, and I, I thought he was much better than Pogba. I don't know how Pogba got man of the match. I know he scored the two penalties, but uh, other than that, I don't think he played well at all. I thought Declan Rice absolutely bossed him. And the thing is, he's only going to get better and better. I mean, I always compare him to Carrick. You know, Carrick, I saw coming through the West Ham Academy. And at 20 years of age, I would say he's better than what Carrick was. So it's just if he can keep up this progression, then I think he's just going to be an exceptional player, world-class player. Wow. It could be. You, you picked up a couple of injuries yesterday. Um, yeah. Was, Lanzini was one. He, he went off and he'd looked um, like a real threat. I was, I, I, you know, you don't like to see someone get injured. But when he went off, I was thinking he's been a very influential player today. Um, yeah, I mean... Technically, he's our best player. I think. I mean, it's close between him and um, Anderson. I mean, obviously, he's been out. So he injured himself with the Argentinian World Cup squad in the summer, and he's only returned to the team about probably three, four weeks ago. Um, so for him to then get injured again is a massive loss for us. I mean, I think we've just got to literally get to the end of the season now, get all of our players to be fit, ready for the next season, and start again. Almost because we haven't got much to play for. We've got a lot of injuries. It's just it's a bit sad to see our season. You know, Yeah, and I think I think you are building, you've got some great players in the squad and I have to draw special attention to a former United player, Chicharito. I don't know, did yeah. you see did you see the tweet he put out? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I just, I really like that for a bit of class. Just to put it in context for anybody that didn't see it. So after the game, he's tweeted, it's difficult to find the words to describe the feeling getting off the pitch today. At Manchester United will always be a very special club for me and my family. Coming back to Old Trafford and to have a standing ovation is not easy to digest. Thank you to all the Manchester United fans for doing that. A day I will never forget. Hopefully United can get back winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues. But that's, that's a bit of class, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, it's great for Manchester United. It would have been nice if he'd uh, also acknowledged the West Ham fans. And <laughs> yeah, but, uh, like, uh, you know, we travelled a long way to watch us lose um, uh, in close circumstances. So I think it would have been even more classy if he'd said thanks to the 3,000 West Ham fans travelling up there and the Manchester United fans. But, you know, like, he's always had that relationship with Manchester United. And I think it is nice when players kind of respect you know, where they've came from and clubs that have made a significant impact on their career and whilst I wish he had acknowledged the West Ham fans it's not worth holding against him I guess <laughs> he seemed um, he seemed quite angry because it was right in front I was right where he came off and he seemed to be really angry as he was coming off he, but I, I think it was Antonio who was brought on for him and he, he made a huge difference. I mean, yeah. Chicharito is not quite the player he was maybe six, seven years ago. Antonio looked phenomenal yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with um, Hernandez is that he's played uh, often as the lone striker. Now, just looking at his physique, he hasn't got the physique to be able to play that role um, as effectively as someone like, you know, perhaps Andy Carroll or someone of, you know, Lukaku, someone of a bigger build, a bigger frame. Um, he, um, but, so I do feel a bit sorry for him, but you're right, he isn't quite the same player he was at Manchester United. I mean, let's be honest, if he was, he wouldn't be at West Ham, so um, <laughs> that's, all, yeah, that's all we have to... Yeah, well, you've also, got, you've also got Zabaleta 
Greta and Andy Carroll. Some uh, was good yesterday. Yeah, so. yeah. But anyway, uh, lovely, lovely to speak to you. If people want to follow you on uh, Twitter, if we've got any other West Ham followers, where can they find you? Uh, you find me at XWH. You employ on Twitter. And, uh, so I run the West Ham Way website. We've got a very uh, popular podcast there. So tune into that. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, X. Yes, yeah, no, I just really want to say that, yeah, <laughs> it, that, uh, my girlfriend would be upset. Have you been speaking to your ex again? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did that joke last time he was on as yeah. well. Um, so, <laughs> was, the thing with Chikorita was, I don't remember him I, I, from the outside looking in. I don't think that he was really ever embraced that loved at United. Oh, no, he was absolutely loved um, for his first couple of seasons because... He was often, he was he was kind of a bit like a Solskjaer type in the way he was often used coming off the bench and he always brought tons of speed and he just had a real great eye for goal. Some of the goals he scored, um, there was like a really famous like header where he's about four yards out and he, he sort of back flicked it into the net. It was a brilliant goal, but he was a, a really good finisher. He scored big, important goals, often in comebacks as well. He towards this is the thing though, when the player's gone, you do sort of forget. But I can remember like maybe his third year at United, he was offside literally every <laughs> about six or seven times a game. And this was when United was still you know, we were still winning the league. Uh, all the time, and we were expecting... I can't remember that far back. We are expecting three, four goals. 2013, only six years. Uh, we are expecting three, four goals a game, and then he'd be like, oh, he's offside again. Oh, he's offside again. And he was he got frustrating, but he was always well-loved. Um, but I think when he went, it feels like it was the right time for him to go. Um, and then there's other players. I don't know what it is. It, maybe it's just the passion that he played with. In the, he yeah, because he didn't score that own. many goals, did he? He did. He scored, his, his, his hit rate was really good. He was a great striker for the first sort of year and year and a half, two years, and then it, it did diminish after that. Another example of play, well, both the De Silva twins, um, but especially with Rafael De Silva, Brazilian fullback, um, absolutely adored still by everyone, but... He was one of those players as well where, I mean, we've got some pretty ropey fullbacks at Old Trafford. So was he worse than any of them? No. But was he of the absolute standard where you're putting him with Dennis Irwin, Gary Neville, <clears throat> Evra? No, he wasn't because he was such a hothead. He was liable to get sent off at any moment yeah, of any I remember game. Mike Dean sending him off one time. Often. He yeah. always got sent off. Oh, yeah, today. I mean, he was like the ultimate wind-up player. <laughs> Because he just saw red. But weirdly, fans like, you just like that passion. You feel like someone cares, even though it's first. I mean, for years, Rooney, I can remember being livid at Old Trafford when Rooney had just unnecessarily get sent off. And people would be cheering and stood up and going, go on, Rooney. And you'd be like, hang on, we've now got 60 minutes to play with 10 men in a game we're winning 1-0. And, like, it's stupid. That's not what a professional footballer should be, but... Just what you're saying there about the best and the worst, that reminds us, if you've not seen it already, have a look on our Twitter, at MCR Footy Social, and we've been going through, and we've been part of this as well, looking at some of the worst uh, people to play for Manchester United or Manchester City as building up to the derby. We're trying to put together the worst ever combined 11. Uh, so you can find that at MCR Footy Social. And uh, we're going to talk about some important goals and big games because it's almost all over at Anfield. We'll find out what's happened there next. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. It's 
the Manchester Football Social. Alex Boardman representing United opposite me. Yeah, hi there. And Ant McGinley opposite me representing Manchester City. Yes, and you can get in on the action as well, though. 345 Or you can text us 877 Here are your footballing headlines. So, yesterday United went past West Ham 2-1 in... A shocker, really. It was a very dull game at Old Trafford. City earlier today beat Crystal Palace 3-1. Seemingly, that was a bit of a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, it was it, for a lot of it, it was just like we were peppering the box with crosses and things. There was one point where Gundogan played a ball into the box and three players ran onto the end of it and just got in each other's ways. Three City players. Wow. Yeah, so it was just that we were swarming it so much and there's a few little scrambles like that. It did make me worry, though, a little bit ahead of... Ahead of what's a game coming, coming this week where we definitely need to score. Well, just staying with the week for a moment. As we know, Liverpool were beating Chelsea 2 0. That is over. Liverpool right. 1 2 0. Give me some good news. Oh. So Liverpool go back top of the league. They have played a game more, but the two games in hand, I think the goal difference is about seven. So it's really unlikely, I think, to come down to goal difference. Um, City got five games left, Liverpool got four games left. All of Liverpool games, Liverpool's games look really, really winnable. Uh, City, on the other hand, in the next five, two at one's United away, one's Tottenham at home. Mm. So because I've got uh, Leicester, Brighton, you've got and Burnley, Burnley. Yeah, Brighton last game of the season. You think that could be done? Liverpool possible banana skin, couple of possibles away at Newcastle, the penultimate game of the season. They've been all right. Newcastle are the kind of team. Could they show up and wreck the party? Will it be on telly? Maybe, maybe not. And then Wolves. Uh, go to Anfield. Now, Wolves are a team who can either be the best team in the league, which they seem to be against all the top yeah, six, yeah. or if they, like yesterday, they, they went down to Southampton. So, who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be exciting. It's going to yeah. be an exciting finish. And also, it's going to be a real kicking myself in the teeth because I'm going to be getting on a plane just before kickoff on the last day of the season. Really? I'm going away for my dad's birthday. And uh, I hope he's not listening because it's a surprise. And uh, so my sister sorted it all out and booked it. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm free on those days. But I'd not put the fixtures in my calendar. I just looked at my diary and yeah, I'm free. And I was like, oh. So literally, I get on a plane. Uh, I think the plane departs at half past two or three o'clock. And it just before everything kicks Yeah. In. And then I don't land to what will be the equivalent of like... 6.30 or something oh, so it'll be over it'll be over it'll so, be your sister kicking and, you in the teeth if you've ruined that surprise the, the thing is as well with that because Brighton play Cardiff this week if Cardiff win that game it could go all the way to that last game so Brighton could be playing us desperate for the points to stay up yeah but it doesn't matter because Brighton are not that good I don't think Brighton I, are just, that. I don't I, think they have a, much of a chance what I'd quite like is for the teams that we're facing just to sort of lie down literally lie down on the yeah. pitch and go there you go make it well United won't because the impact of what's happened um, it's still really tight United are now three they're in fifth Arsenal in six Arsenal play tomorrow uh, so United could still be in six but they'd only be three points off Tottenham in third and everyone else is within a point or two of Tottenham so it's for the third and fourth spot, the Champion League spot. Oh my God, it could be like four teams within three points of each other. Yeah, yeah. well, what we mm. was, I was just saying this to Niall earlier. It's normally, um, the the league's normally been sewn up for the last 10, 15 years. There's only been two or three times in the last 10, 15 seasons. It's not been, oh, this is overnight, this has been one. Yeah, that? I mean, that was such a bad United side as well. To get there, what an achievement by Ferguson. Um after whatever makes you feel after better. you'd spent about seven hundred million on a team and we're we're still playing Tom Cleverly and people like that, um, but 
Uh, it's going to be really, really tight because we've got, already got two teams at the bottom down. We could theoretically, before the end of the season, have the third team down, and it could be Brighton or, or Cardiff, even. I it suppose could, it could potentially happen this week if Brighton beat Cardiff. Yeah. That could be, uh, that well, almost mathematically. It just, it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, you know... So a, that's it. I mean, it's normally like you ch- turn your attention for the last game of the season going, oh, he's going down, it's going to be a heart attack. It's going to be the equivalent this time, but for the top, uh, for those third and fourth spots. And, uh, uh, what's really interesting, out of those um, four teams, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, one is going to get automatic Champions League. Yeah. One is going to get Champions League playoff. Which is... One, one is going to get Europa League. Yeah. And one might get something if... Another team gone and win all the trophies. Yes, yeah, so if you, well, either United, Liverpool, uh, or City could, or Tottenham could potentially win the European Cup. So that would free up that other spot, yeah. wouldn't it? Um, so it's, it's going to be super, super exciting towards the end of the season. Um, United obviously have to get past on Tuesday night Barcelona away. Now we were mentioning this last week, and I, I, I got a bit of stick off people for calling Busquets biscuits and saying he's not quite the. But for for one, he's not the anything close to what Xavi and Iniesta were, and two, he's not been quite as dominant as possibly he's been in the last few seasons. Maybe a bit of age is catching up with him. I thought he was firstly at Old Trafford poor. And secondly, really, really lucky to stay on the pitch. Now, we were talking earlier about West Ham being very unlucky at Old Trafford. I think against Barcelona, referee-wise, there is no way Busquets should have remained on the pitch. The same way that um, Kim Pembe should not, in in the earlier leg against Paris Mm Saint-Germain. Of course, he went on in the next leg to go and concede like a very contentious last-minute penalty to put United through. So hopefully something very similar will happen with Busquets on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, I wonder how the new Camp would react to Chris Smalling treating like Lionel Messi that way. Chris Smalling was excellent on Messi. He was excellent um, midweek against uh-huh. Barcelona. He just ran through him. There is no way that is a foul. It's not a... In the UFC... Yes, you're correct. It's not a fault, <laughs> you know. And he, even Messi, like, but Messi shook his hand, nobody reacted. Did you see what happened later? This, it, well, what impressed me about Messi was, like, that was a big blow for anyone. So anybody that's ever took a blow to the nose. And, yeah, uh, it hurts, it, it, it? It's And then he came back and he was just, like, he wasn't angry, he wasn't phased. I'm sure he had a bit of pain and all that. And played and, of course, set up the, set up the goal. Well, he knows he was at fault. He'd already, um, he'd already set the goal up before he got smashed, I think. But um, he uh, he knows he was he slightly he was up in the air he'd gone down he must have heard and felt Smalling coming in behind him and he didn't go up and protect himself. Suarez, on the other hand, ten fifteen minutes later went up and did something I've not seen. Well, I've seen him do what, but I've not seen uh, an opposing player do for quite some time. He went up and faked contact and put his threw his hands uh, onto his head as if he'd been butted from behind, which got Smalling bucked by the referee, there was absolutely zero contact whatsoever. And, and that was at Old Trafford as well. So Yeah, the, well, oh, it's Barcelona though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you do, you're still relatively new. We've had years and years and years and years of this. To Barcelona, Madrid, there is a very, very different standard of refereeing applied to them in the Champions League yeah. than to oh, all the what, other what are, One of the big differences, actually, which a lot of people are talking about, is the different rules they have for handball. Um, yeah, so yeah. when it comes to penalties and all those, those little things that are going on. Of course, um, City are also in action again this week. We had the same result as you. We went down 1-0. Uh, we went down to this much-hyped stadium 
in uh, London, which everyone was excited about. Looks now, good. It look, does look good. I do like the, the big one-tier stand that they have at one end of it. Two things I would say I have an issue with. Uh, security, because there was that fan that came running on. They had a bit of an argy-bagy with Fabian Delph. Right, yeah. They're, get, they're getting um, charged by FIFA or UEFA over that. And the other thing is... I don't think the actual pitch is very good because obviously when we played them at Wembley, it was after the NFL and it was all very much cut up. But all through the game on uh, Tuesday night, everybody was slipping over like Gerard. So my question to Mike, who was down at the game, travelled all the way down from Manchester, so I assume you must be a diehard Man City fan, is, is it an awful pitch? Yeah, thanks, Anne. Uh, no, lifelong Spurs fan, living in Manchester in exile. Um, wonderful ground, fantasy fo- fantasy football stadium. It was amazing. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I wasn't on the pitch. Everyone's everyone's saying this, but like, what? what it, surely it's just like a place with seats and burgers and beer, and then your football. What What is it so uh, different about it as a fan? What I would What I would say there, mate, is go down there, watch a game, and then say that it's honestly. It, I was. Obviously, I was excited to go and see the new stadium. It is staggering. It is absolutely staggering. The, um, they they uh, used, well, they employed uh, some acoustic engineers to, uh, with the architects to maximise the sound of that. It is one of the loudest grounds I've ever been to. It is amazing. I was, I was near the top of that, one, that single tier stand behind the goal. Um, it is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Well, it's interesting you, you mentioned that, Mike, because... Um Already, there's only been two games there, hasn't there, by the the senior side? Yeah. Uh, and already three. two fans. Three, have, no. three. Oh yeah, sorry, three. That was the third one, wasn't it? Already two fans have been banned for persistent standing at the game. Is it like? Is it being over stewarded? Uh, did you have you noticed any of that? Are people telling you constantly to sit down or? I didn't get that at all. Um, I think, well, for nearly every ground I've ever been to, there's, you always get there are signs up around saying don't stand for ages, and you know, so I don't think I didn't really notice any great emphasis on that more than at any other ground I've been to. Um, I mean, where I was, I was up near the top of that that, that big stand behind the goal, um, and, I, we, and we were mostly standing for, for that, throughout the whole game. But that is, so, that, you yeah. do have a seat for that. It's not like the one in Dortmund, which is all standing, is it? No, it's not. It is all. It's all seated. But I think um, I think the lower half of that tier has been designed so that should when if legis- if and when legislation changes in the future to allow safe standing, it's been designed with that in mind so that uh, they can accommodate that should that should that um, should that come to pass. That would be quite an awesome sight yeah. and also sign. Phenomenal. It seemed from the telly. I only saw it on the telly, um, and I was really happy Tottenham won. Of course, I was. Um, but it seems like you are kind of a bit walking wounded with uh, Kane and didn't Deli Alli go off with some sort of uh, was it an arm fracture or something? Wrist fracture. Deli Alli's fractured his hand. Um, Harry Kane, yeah, he looks like he's gone for the season, uh, which of course is going to be a blow to any team. However, earlier in the season, we've, we've lost him for, for quite a few games earlier in the season and we won all the games without him. I think I mentioned last week when I was on your show um, that we, I thought we rushed him back against Burnley and lost the game when we, we just uh, put him back into the side far too soon and upset, upset a balanced team that was that was winning games, particularly with Son in the form that he was in at the time. So I'm not really, I'm not really overly concerned about that. At the same time, as well, Deli Ali was injured as well, um, and I think we missed him more than we missed Harry Kane. Um, so 
going into the return leg on Wednesday, um, if Deli Ali plays, I'm confident. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I'm not so confident. I'm not so concerned about losing Harry Kane at this at this point. Uh, I think. I think there are goals elsewhere in the team, as we've proved earlier in the season. I think Deli Ali is going to be a key, is more important. So, who do you think you might play in midfield? Because Wanyama came on, didn't he, alongside Sissoko, and that is one athletic, strong midfield. And didn't Wanyama score the opening goal yesterday against Bournemouth? Huddersfield, um, it was, yes. Oh, sorry, Huddersfield, uh, yeah. yeah. So I would, go with the same midfield. I would go with the same midfield as we played against Man City. I think Harry Winks has proved himself over the last two years as being completely at ease at the Champions League level. He's dominated Real Madrid last season. He's been absolutely superb against whoever he's played against this season. Um, I'd, play, I'd, I'd stick with the same midfield that played on Tuesday. thing is, you're pretty 50-50 with Manchester clubs this season because you beat United at Old Trafford, you lost at home. You've yep. beaten City at home, and you've lost to City at home in, in two different yep. stadiums, which is quite yep. impressive. Um, so you've now got two games with City. You've already had one last week. Two games, uh, Wednesday night, Saturday. Yeah. Do you think, because everyone beforehand was saying, could City win all the games this month? Obviously, that's not happening now. Do you think Spurs can win three games against City in a row? I don't think we'll beat. I don't think we'll win both games coming up this week. I did. I think I said last week that um, with the three games in ten days, I didn't think that City were going to win all three of them. And obviously, I was proved right on that score. Um, a one-nil win on Tuesday. It should have been two. We should have got a second one towards the end. But uh, never mind. Um, the. I do think that we'll score up here on, on Wednesday, which means that Man City will get three. Now, of course, Man City are perfectly capable of getting three, so I think it's still very much in the balance. I'm confident. Um, yeah, and, uh, I agree. I, I agree with Mike. Good. And they've been also Tottenham, because when this draw was made, um, a lot of people up here, City fans, were a little bit overconfident and going like, oh, Tottenham are one of the teams you would have fancied. They've been excellent, Tottenham, in this competition all season, yeah. so and away especially. Uh, and you are a side that can play, you can keep it tight, and someone like Son is going to run all day, yeah. and if you can just and get look, him the ball. And look what Lucas Moura did. Admittedly, it was only against the cannon fodder of Huddersfield on, uh, yesterday, yeah. but Lucas Moura's there. He, there is the depth in the squad there that can come in and cause problems against anyone. Well, early um, in the season, he was phenomenal against United. He just tore, yeah, he just yeah. ran everyone ragged, so I'm praying the same thing happens again. <laughs> be nice. I mean, it was a sh- it was a shame in a way. When he-, he mentioned when the draw was made, that um, a lot of the City fans were really confident. I always thought it was uh, it was a bit of a shame that we didn't have our first uh, Champions League game in the new stadium against one of Europe's big clubs. But you know, it's only- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my! I am loving it, my friend. Before you go, because you're going now. That was awesome. How much do you want for Son? Uh, not enough money in the world, mate. No, I, I think he's your yeah. best player. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He's superb. Is Ericsson still yeah. the player he was? Because it was in the papers today that United were interested in trebling his wages, but he seems to have had an average season. He's, yeah, by the standards he's set over the last two or three years, he's been he's been very hit and miss this year. Uh, very disappointing. Um, I would, if he was to go, I would hate to see him go to one of our rivals. Um, I'd look much rather see. I mean, there was been there was a. I mean, this week, the well, last couple of days, been talk about Real Madrid. I mean. Sorry about Man United earlier in the season that the, the talk was about Real Madrid going for him. I'd much rather see him go abroad. Uh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want him doing to us what he's done to so many to, so many clubs for us uh, next year. Um, just be, I did say just before you go, but I need to ask you: this, Did you have one of the pints that fill up from the bottom? 
yes, I did. <laughs> Does it taste better? Um, it just tastes like beer. The beer was nice. It was all right. It just, but it, it didn't taste any. It just poured quickly. All right. <laughs> how much is it? How much is a pint? It was very reasonable. It was four pound fifty a pint for a, um, for, a fo- for a Premier League football yeah, stadium in London. That's an absolute. That's that, very that, very that, good. That makes the eight hundred and sixty million for the stadium worth every penny. <laughs> Mike, thank you very much. <laughs> no problem at all. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. So there you go. City taking on Spurs twice this week. So Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. If you could uh, only, if you could only win one, what would you take? See, I was going to ask him that question. Uh, if, if, so if we could only win one of the games, you could only win one of those games because you need to beat them in the Champions League. If you draw with them, they're through. If you lose, yeah. obviously. All right, I'd, I'd go for the Champions League. I'd go for the Champions League. Really? There's still the chance because we have we have a game in hand on Liverpool. At the minute, we're two points behind with the game in hand. Um, if we ended the season making the Champions League final, winning the Champions League, and coming runners up by a point or two points. On both you of us, like on nineties, really? yeah. Because 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 I'd be happy with the Champions League, and I know you'd be upset at Liverpool winning the league. Yeah, no, I'd, I don't know. I'm feeling like that quadruple needs protecting now. Uh, if you want to get in touch with trouble. us, oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. Hey, it's the quintuple. Remember, because you were the ones that started making the charity shield a proper trophy. Um, so that was Mike, who went down to a new stadium to watch his team. You went to watch your team in the same stadium but in a different way. We're mm. going to find out what it was that Alex did next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. This is the place to be for all your football chat and conversation. It's the Manchester Football Social and you can catch this as a podcast, which you may be listening to right now, in which case there are other podcasts of a similar vein available. There's the Manchester City Football Social, the Manchester United Football Social, this more generic one, and then Niall, who's just joined us in the studio. You do one as well, don't you? Yeah, EFL and Below show. No prawn sandwiches on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Bovril and meat pies. It is, and financial troubles, which it always seems to yeah. be at the moment. And but. Niall knows about that, being a journalist and also a long-suffering Pompey fan. Speaking of long-suffering, I have to long-suffer Mr Alex ah. Boardman, <laughs> who's a United fan. Yes, we all know you're a City fan, so this is what happened this weekend. United beat West Ham 2-1. Been through that, they were awful. Uh, City beat Palace 3-1, but unfortunately, that put them on top for about an hour or two. Yeah. Fortunately, Liverpool beat Chelsea 2-0. So, two so things Liverpool to look out for tonight if you're watching the match of the day. Um, Salah's goal, which yeah. I've just seen. Rocket. And as well, De Bruyne's pass for Sterling's first goal and Sterling's finished. Be- just beautiful. Poor positioning, arguably, from Patrick Van Harnel. But, uh, allegedly, that is the first Premier League assist De Bruyne has got this season. But well, he was out for ages with a which, knee injury, wasn't he? Which is just Twice. mental. I mean, he scored, but it's like, you compare that to obviously last season, what a time to have him back and, and, <laughs> and, and on like that. So we'll see how it goes. Now, um, Alex, mm. you went to see United yesterday. Yes. Uh, which is not unusual. No, but yeah. it was in some ways because I didn't go with my son, who I normally go with. You're a bad dad. I know. I felt like... <laughs> do you know what? I really did feel like I was missing... It was just different. It was really different. Yeah. 
um, because you went using your new journalist credentials, didn't you? Yes, I yeah. did, and it, it was amazing. So we're going to talk about that, but what we did was, because we couldn't go with him, we got Alex to, like... Because you don't have journalist credentials. No, Nile I just, does. no, I've got them as well. <laughs> I just don't want to go there to that scummy place. Uh, so we got Alex to record his initial reaction uh, to the experience, and this is what he had to say. So just walking away from Old Trafford, first time in the press box what a fantastic experience it is in there you go in through the munich tunnel separate entrance there's a person on reception there greets you gives you a free program gives you uh, the team sheet for the day then you go upstairs into an area that's absolutely loaded with food there were pies there was uh, fish there was chips there was um, some weird sort of cabbagey mash concoction free tea coffee lots and lots of press in there today for the game and i took my seat it's really really cramped inside the press box and it's kind of a very very weird situation because everyone sat around you is commentating mainly for the radio but for the, the television as well so you're actually live at the game but it's almost like you've got five or six live commentaries going on at the same time as well there's a big television right in front of where you sit that's on a three four second delay so you can see the action almost instantly it's like having an action replay just two three seconds after you watch it the game itself united were quite poor but i'll be honest i did not care it was just i've been coming to united my first game was 1983 so 36 years i've been coming and um to getting free is is good enough but um to have one of the best views in the stadium and to be given at half time they came out with there were pies there was chips there was people handing out coffee it's right next to press conference area so i accidentally went in there saw a door and i thought i'll go through this i was looking for the toilet and it's uh, the area where uh, Ollie will be sitting afterwards talking about a United 2-1 victory. All in all, an absolutely fantastic day. I've got to go now. I'm rushing back to the tram. What a, an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you very much to XS Manchester. Thank you uh, thank you to the Football Social. Well, there you go. Uh, so, have you got your breath back yet? <laughs> I was rushing because I had to get to the frog and bucket. So and I, uh, as I kept talking and I was like that, Oh, why, why am I so out of breath? Why am I so unfit? And I think the fact I listed every food item several times. <laughs> well, this, I was like, this, yes. this is like, you'd be like the worst spy ever. Alex was sending you in behind the scenes, tell us as much information. Oh, there's pies, there's chips, there's pies, there's <laughs> it, chips. It is an experience though, doing it, isn't it? When oh, you do it for the fantastic. first time, it is an experience. And the thing is, what people don't realise is when you go to these things, they do think it's a jolly and you do get looked after really well. So having done journalist journalistic stuff in the lower leagues you don't get treated half as well as you do at united obviously but you get more leg room in the stretford end oh, than, much you, than you do in the press box and you've actually got to do work there you know you sat there commentating for however long 90 minutes you're doing your match report if you're so a, are we a talking like i'm talking like ryanair leg room. i'm talking less than i'm talking oh, your knees are scraping against the seat in front in terms of press press facilities at united it's not the best in the league and to be perfectly honest, you know, Old Trafford to me looks like it needs a lick of paint. Looks like it hasn't added any work mm. done on it for twenty Stuck years. It down. Well, there's a new there's a new David Meek 
new sort of area that they've just built, and that bit's... In, Indoors? Yeah, lovely. inside, underneath. And but it's, the actual outdoor bit? Yeah, it's yeah. It's a little bit cramped, a bit Really funky. cramped. Well, I was sat... But you, you know, do I, get a great view, obviously. You do get a great view. Yeah. But I was sat with some dude, and he he was all over my side of the everything. It was just like, <laughs> oh, come on, dude, watch up a bit. And then, because <laughs> like I sat there smiling, and he's, like, typing away and doing live commentary. Yeah, you've got all sorts of notes, and you've got to try yeah. and, you know, the sound of <laughs> notebooks being flipped yeah. over on the radio, now you understand what it's all about. But, I mean, you're right close to the away fans as well, aren't you? You're not, but yeah, it's, well, I was sat four seats away from Peter Schmeichel. So, I, I, before the game, I was just sort of sat there and I was like in a daze. I, was, I must have had the most gormless look on my face. <laughs> just really like happy to have got him free. Next thing I know, I'm stuffing a pie down my face, drinking a cup of coffee. Did you go in at half time? Of course I did. They were serving more. The cakes. Cakes. At I, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Cakes, the, sandwiches. They, they don't bring the stuff out to you. No, You've got to go and get you it. Have to go oh, that's get. rubbish, isn't it? I yeah. bet they bring it. I bet they. <laughs> oh, it's I, okay. Free food. I bet, they have to bring it to you, otherwise right. it's rubbish. I, I might what be doing, are you talking about? I might about? be doing it at a city on Saturday. I bet you they bring it like in a silver platter out I to wherever I you I don't are. think they will because everyone everyone else did seem really busy. I did have that, you know, that slight imposter syndrome where I was like, should I get like my phone out or something and pretend to be writing some sort of match report? So I just sat there smiling, to be honest. Yeah. So the thing is, right? So you're sat next to like. Peter Schmeichel and this Peter Schmeichel's in the, in the where all the directors okay. and the girlfriends and everybody oh, okay. sit. So he was, he was like three people away. No, so I was right, right on the edge of the press. But box. if you're sat next, because obviously, like with me and you doing this now, we're like two meters away from each other. Mm -hmm. But we I was can this hear, close to Schmeichel. That's we can we can hear everything else that we're saying that we're doing. Yeah, like so, people are commentating on the game. You're watching it. And you're not commenting because that's not something that we do. No, and you're not allowed to... Sh they said that very, very definitely. I said, right. what am I allowed to do and not do? And they went, don't stand up and start cheering. Don't start shouting. Don't, don't grab the block next to you and kiss him. <laughs> don't wear a United kit. Don't wear a United kit. <laughs> it's, so it's so hard. There's like a, almost like an unwritten rule book of press box etiquette. Oh, no, but you I can't just, really... Yeah. Do. And, How and much? If you score, you cannot celebrate. Because you, you, you're supposed to be there for work, neutral. As a, if it's the, if it's Aguero, right. yeah, yeah, like yeah. the Aguero goal yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2012, oh, come on. you're not going to be able to stop yourself. But yeah. when you Pogba scoring a penalty against West Ham, you, you should oh, be yeah, able to Oh, yeah, but you still have that. Of course you do, but you've got, you got to... Do you know what's easy? Yourself. Because I've, got, I've had two children, so bedtime's always about 7 o'clock when they get to the age <laughs> yeah. of two. So when Champions League used to be on and like a goal goes in at eight, you do that silent punch and like... You know, that kind of thing. I, so I, I saw your reaction twice. with Rashford against PSG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't it. silent. But yeah, so it was, I mean, what an experience. A rubbish game, but uh, it was so great. I'm it just thinking, so though, great. Can, you, can you imagine if you just sit down to watch Match of the Day tonight and it's a game Alex has been at and all of a sudden as the guy's commentating on it, yeah. he drops the mic because Alex has come <laughs> over and hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> More likely, like, I'd spilt my pie or my coffee on him. <laughs> I say, well, the good thing is, is, is you do get a little bit. I mean, at least, at least it's other journos around you because at Plymouth Argyle, right? I've commentated there, and the fans are one row in front of you. So right. when Plymouth score, they're turning around, fully well knowing that you're commentating, and they're just giving it the like, go on like that, <laughs> yeah, well, and you're just like, go away, yeah, you <laughs> go can, away. You, you can you can hear what the fans say Absolutely. at some of these things as well. We've got to mention as well, big shout out uh, to Manchester City women's team who are through to the FA Cup final today. Yes. Uh, beating Chelsea. Not been a good season for Chelsea against City, has it? It's not been a good season for Chelsea against City. It's not been a good season for Chelsea's men's team away from home against top six sides. A little stat for you. They've 
lost all of their away games against top six sides this season with an aggregate score of 13-1. Wow. That includes the today's 2-0 defeat mind to you, Liverpool. Mind you, part of that would have been the 6-0 at City. Of course. But still, that's... Uh, and of course, yeah, poor. as you say, the women's team, 1-0. Horrible own goal to concede for Chelsea. Um, but and it Manchester, looked like it was in the very last minute was, as well. It really was. So Manchester City three, so it could be a, a good what, season I, for both. I was going to say, did, would, that, would that count in the thing? So we kind of go from quintuple to sextuple. Are you to, in the to... Are you in the Youth Cup final as well? The FA Youth, FA youth Cup. We, well, we I know it. it's at City's ground, City's Academy Stadium. I, I need to double check on that. Und- because, I, think the under because we, we, I think the under-18s might be, you know. Because we had the under-23s lost against Sunderland who then lost against Portsmouth. So, because they they were in the same trophy. That's check a trade. Uh, yeah, yeah, check a trade. So we could have come away with that. But anyway, let's let's not get carried away with that. Let's be honest. All you could win is the you could win the Community Shield and the Women's FA Cup. That's the only thing. And the Carabao Cup. We've only won it. I'll say that's what I meant. The Carabao Cup. Those yeah. are your best chances. Watford look tasty. Yeah. Come on, Watford. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's a big defining week for City. How many times have we heard that this season? <laughs> every yeah, week. Every week. So. All right. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you to Alex Boardman. Thank you to Anile. And thank you to me I've been at McGinley and you remember you can get this as a podcast Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show